Hey guys, and welcome to the Brandon Fraser podcast. A podcast where we discuss anything and everything Brandon Fraser. You heartless, bloodless machine. You just have to fight me every step of the way. What do you call that thing? Butt flap. Right. Well, there are things that I want, but nothing that you can get me. Go back to my place, I'll show you my bottle cap collection. Oh my God. We're your hosts, Carla. And Daniel. And we're both really excited to be talking to you today and... Thank you to everybody on Twitter that has either followed us or liked us or retweeted us. We really appreciate it. Carla, what was the first Brendan Fraser movie you saw? So my first Fraser experience would have to be when I first watched um, Encino Man. And that movie came out so long ago, like what, 92 or so? Um, but yeah, I remember watching that like on VHS with like my cousins and stuff like that when I was living out in California. Um, and that's when I was like totally crushing on Polly Shore. Yes, I know. I have questionable taste. <laughs> but no, like I watched it and here's a funny thing is the fact that I didn't know any English during that time. So I'm watching this movie in English while not knowing English. So it was weird because I, even though I knew like some of the basic stuff because of school I actually had to get like my cousin to like kind of tell me uh the funny parts trying to like explain it to me afterwards it's kind of like when you tell the punchline before the joke or something like that so it wasn't as funny and it wasn't until like years after that I after I learned English and I watched it where I was like oh okay so now all of this makes sense like without having to have someone either translate it or trying to explain it to you. So yeah, like I completely figured it out and I thought it was funny the first time I watched it, even though I didn't know it. And Link, this is not one of them. Oh, look at what we have here. Dairy group. Look, Duds, you hide these under your pillow, bro, so your mom doesn't find me. If she does, you're tweet, buddy. You keep on cruising. It was mostly, like, a visual movie to me anyways because, like, he doesn't necessarily speak in the movie and you have, like, Polly Short, like, showing him how to say certain ridiculous things uh, for him to learn. So, clearly, I sort of felt um, connected in a, in a weird way with um, Link's character. I remember watching the movie Encino Man on VHS when I was a kid, and I was born in 1987, so this might have been 1995, and it was taped off of TV. It had the commercials in it, it was edited for TV, and I was a kid, and I just thought it was like the coolest story. I mean, digging up a human in the backyard, and you could hang out with this person and take him to school, and he could take a driving test, and just having fun. And, I mean, it had Pauly Shore. These are my favorite. Hey, you gotta be equal. Equals. 50-50, here. You know, he went from comedy to drama, and you're like, oh, you know, some people have get to be typecast as being like, oh, you're just solely a comedic actor. You're not, you know, dramatic or anything like that. But no, like, School of Ties was one of them where he's just, he's a kid in it, basically. Not now. You lied to me. I didn't lie to you. I lied to my father. 
I lied to myself. It's amazing how easily he changes genres, especially even back in the early 90s. I mean, that's like when you saw George of the Jungle right in the big screen, you're like, holy crap. This is Brandon Fraser? Well, really? And that's what's even crazier because <laughs> I remember as a kid, like being a, a George of the Jungle fan. And at, at the time, I had not yet seen Gods and Monsters, which everyone should go watch. Um, too young for that at the time. But going from George of the Jungle then to The Mummy, it's kind of like when you watch maybe Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec and then, boom, he's in Jurassic World. Like, someone had the vision to see he could also do action and come across as, like, the leading action hero. The map! The map! I forgot the map! Relax! Oh. I'm the map. It's all up here. Oh, that's comforting. My first experience, yeah, it was in Sino Man, but really getting into being a true fan of his movies, it came from The Mummy. I think back to May 1999, and everyone was going crazy over Star Wars Episode One, And, I mean, everyone my age... Most of the people were obsessed with The Phantom Menace, even though it wasn't a great film. But my brother and I, we saw that movie three times. Each time you'd walk in the theater, you, you saw the poster for The Mummy, and you thought, yeah, we should see that movie, but we never did because it was Star Wars. Luckily, that Christmas, our neighbors bought us the VHS tape of The Mummy. It brings me back to why I love Brendan Fraser and how he fits into my life and my love for movies. My brother and I had become huge fans of the Mummy film, and when we found out The Mummy 2 was coming out in May 2001, we were literally counting down the days. I mean, I marked the calendar. We had a chalkboard in our kitchen, and I would say, you know, 30 days till The Mummy returns on May 4th. And when May 4th came around, me, my brother, and two other friends were dropped off at the movie theater. My mom pulled up in her Cavalier. We hopped out. She sped away, and we ran inside to get our tickets, and... We were the most excited kids on the planet. I was in seventh grade. My brother was in fourth grade at the time. And I mean, this was something we had, we've been so excited for. And I also think back to, this was a time when there wasn't an Indiana Jones film in over 12 years. And we loved Indy. And we finally had this Rick O'Connell character who was like an updated, a little bit more hip, you know, comical version of that character. So we were pretty amped, as they say. Now, what we encountered was a first for me. Every showing on that Friday night was sold out. And I remember looking around and seeing the lines out the door onto the sidewalk and being confused by it because I'd never experienced this. And since we didn't have cell phones, we couldn't just call my mom and have her come back in the Cavalier and pick us up. So we were there for two hours. The, the ticket seller told us we have two options. You can go see Joe Dirt or the, the movie Driven. My brother wanted to see Joe Dirt. I talked him into seeing the Stallone film Driven. And if you haven't seen the movie, you should. You should watch it. It's a fun film. The next day, we came back to the movie theater. We arrived earlier, and we were lucky enough to get tickets. And I can remember waiting in line for the movie and then sitting down with great seats and being surrounded by people, and the place was packed. Even with The Phantom Menace, I had never been to a sold-out showing of a movie on the first weekend. Every time there was a scare, a joke, or just great action, you could hear the audience respond immediately, either clapping or gasping. And I'd never encountered this before, and I was experiencing it while watching a Brennan Fraser film. My brother-in-law probably deserves whatever you're about to do to him, but this is my house. I have certain rules about snakes and dismemberment. So... Shoot him! So you're watching the screen, and Rick O'Connell, he is the ultimate action hero. And here I am, surrounded by people, and with you know my brother, my friends, and 
To say this experience changed my life would be an understatement. My love for movies really grew from this sold-out showing of The Mummy Returns. From then on, you know, seeing a movie opening night was the best way to see these big movies, and I've been obsessed with movies ever since. For me, it's been a huge influence, and it's not something I always, like, didn't really know until I thought back to what was the first movie I saw, you know, with friends on a sold-out night, and it's The Mummy Returns. And, you know, I went to my mom's house the other day and went up to my room, and it's kind of like a time capsule. (laughs) In my one wall, I have, like, newspaper clippings from The Mummy Returns. And it's, like, it's taped to my wall. There's, like, four or five different ones of them. And, I mean, me and my brother, we were big into The Mummy. And Rick O'Connell, he's just that character that you want to see return. And, I mean, I would would do anything to see a Mummy 4 with Rick O'Connell and with Brendan Fraser. I think we deserve that. Honestly. We, we really do, and that's a whole another topic for like a full episode because I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. But when I found out they were rebooting the Mummy, at first I thought, well, okay, I can't picture him as Rick O'Connell, but I like yeah, Rick O'Connell, like, so I can go along with it. But he wasn't Rick O'Connell. Yeah, like I mean, of course it wasn't Rick O'Connell. It was like it's just to me, it just seemed like it was just another Mission Impossible movie for Tom Cruise, honestly. But just with mummies, right? They didn't even need to call it yeah. the Mummy. I, I know. <laughs> because what's so strange about it? I mean, I don't want to go too far off into this because yeah. we're going to talk about this. But oh, of course. I yeah. mean, Tom Cruise himself like dying in the movie and coming back to life. It's like it's a whole different spin on it, and I think they just kind of like. You steal the title of The Mummy because it helps yeah, sell tickets. It comes out to be something completely different than what you expect it to be. And then I think that was just like a big disappointment for people as well. Seeing like the ratings, it was a total flop. And like I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen like, you know, the trailers and then from like other people telling me, it's like, yeah, it's a total waste. I mean, when we get to that po- part of our like, episode and everything like we'll definitely dive into the whole why did this exist (laughs) you know not to hate on tom cruise because i love the guy but you know i saw the mummy his film opening night it wasn't sold out it wasn't i i didn't think it would honestly and well that's what's so weird like had they put brennan fraser in a fourth mummy movie good or bad it would have still made more money like, even The Mummy 3 didn't make as much as the first two, but it made way more, well, at least in the U.S., you know, even mm-hmm. before adjusting for inflation, made more than The New Mummy, which is, I mean, pretty interesting because it's like, okay, so The Mummy 3 came out in 2008, and it's 2017, and ticket prices have gone up a lot, and it still can't make more than The Mummy 3. So, obviously, I think they made a, made a mistake, and... I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that one day Brennan Fraser returns to the Rick O'Connell character because I think there are still a lot of fans out there, including me. Honestly, I think, I mean, there's fans out there of not only Brennan Fraser, but of this movie. And if um, people were to know, hey, Brennan Fraser's going to be in this and stuff like that, I think you would have those fans. You know, like, we were kids when the first one came out. So. I'm pretty sure you get that same audience back into a Mummy 4. I know I'd watch it. Well, I think most people would, too. I mean, what do they like about Brendan Fraser? Like, what's his most memorable role? I mean, most people, a lot of people point to Rick O'Connell. Him being, like, the hero and, you know, and it's action and it's completely opposite from what he's done. 
prior to the mummy. Uh, that's why I think everybody just knows who he is because of that. Exactly. I mean, you look at his filmography. I mean, the mummy, it really, I'm sure at the time was a, was almost like a shock for people seeing this guy who's done, you know, either dramas or comedies then to doing an action comedy that's a huge hit. Like, I know, it, I mean, reading, like, reviews and stuff, it made more money than people expected. I mean, especially coming out in May when Star Wars came out, it did very well. And for his career, open up, you know, a lot of different opportunities. I mean, some of them were hits, some were not hits, but... Yeah. Like, it, it, it helped them. It definitely helped them with, like, putting him more on the map than anything else. During that same year, he also did Blast from the Past, a rom-com, which I thought it was, like, really cute. And I loved it. It's a classic. When I ask people what they think of it, for some reason, like, it doesn't get the love that I, I have for it. A lot of people, for some reason, point to Bedazzled, which, it's a good movie, but it's not Blast from the Past. <laughs> yeah, I think we both have the same opinion. Well, you know, you go out there and you just give 110%. And uh, you hope you play good, mm-hmm. and you want to play good. Oh, I think we play pretty good tonight. The majority of people just love it. I, I, yeah, because I mean, I remember seeing it one time, and I'm just like, I was not a fan of it. Maybe if I were to see it again now, maybe I'll feel differently. But we'll get to that later on. Exactly, and I mean, I guess the other thing would be like, why do we choose to do a podcast about Brendan Fraser? What is it about him, either as an actor? on screen or memory of you as a kid or even now like you know reading recent news about him we could have done a podcast about anybody yeah in your mind i guess like why why brendan fraser why are you excited to be interacting with the fans of brendan fraser in the in the coming you know months weeks who knows how long right well to me like brendan fraser like he's one of those guys who just seems like the most amazing person Although his career wasn't necessarily cut short, it's just after, like, his big blockbusters, it's like, what happened? What happened between then and now? And he, I mean, he deserves the love, honestly. I don't think Hollywood gave him that chance that they should have given him. Yeah, I agree with you. And, like, almost thinking about it, I almost feel like Hollywood doesn't deserve Brendan Fraser. Like, I mean, reading recent interviews, watching interviews on, you know, YouTube or TV, it's like, I can't vouch for that. But the way he comes off in interviews, he feels like a normal guy. And, like, even when he's talking, like, I sympathize for him. And when I look back, I mean, especially, I always think back to, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth. 2008 was a fairly good year for him as far as, like, movies with The the Mummy 3 coming out. But when it came time for Journey to the Center of the Earth 2, The Rock replaces him. And I remember feeling at the time, like, almost heartbroken for him because I loved him in the first movie. Crap. The Rock, he's cool. He seems like a down-to-earth person, but, like, Brendan Fraser deserved to be on the second movie. Like, he was great in the first one. Why not the second one? I mean, The Rock has kind of become, like, the go-to for either sequels or remakes. I mean, between The Fast and the Furious, G.I. Joe, remake of Jumanji. And I saw something on Twitter where it was a picture still from, you know, Journey 2, his movie, and then um, Mm -hmm. three different movies. And it's The Rock. Mm -hmm. He's bald same color shirt and it's like this is oh, the same yeah, character I, in like four different movies and i'm like yeah, you're absolutely great that. because i mean i love the rock he's great but you get the rock he's yeah. the rock and brennan frazier i mean just visually looking at him his eyes the structure of his face 
Mm-hmm. It's it's like unique. It's it, the thing is with The Rock. It literally he plays the same character over and over again. He recycles his characters versus Brandon Fraser, where it's like no, this dude does not recycle his characters whatsoever. Like I've never seen any of his movies where he plays like the same person over and over again. Right, and it's also it's kind of t- like with Brendan Fraser on screen, I can almost relate to him or sympathize because i can see like emotion in his face or he can he can phase it better than the rock the rock i see muscle i see muscle on like his head his short he's just a big muscle <laughs> the rock is just the rock like literally but you know i agree that with brandon fraser you, you see you can relate to some of his characters because he's definitely human in all of them uh, meaning there's emotion behind everything he does, everything he says. There's like that uh, emotion coming out of him. We're definitely in the future going to get into talking about, you know, The Rock and Brendan Fraser because The Rock, he got, I don't want to say like his start, but he was in The Mummy Returns. And so when I was in seventh grade, like wrestling was huge, like WWF, uh, WCW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think everybody grew up with that. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, oh, The Rocks and The Mummy Returns. Like, that was huge. And people were going to it. That movie probably put The Rock on the map, like, as in, like, an, as an action-type um, actor. Yeah, because right from there, then he got his own his own movie, The Scorpion King. It's spinoff, yeah. Right, so in a weird, like, twist of fate, you can kind of thank Brennan Fraser for getting The Rock started. And then, you know, years later, The Rock takes his role from Journey to the Center of the Earth. So it's like... Brennan Fraser helped create it and then, you know, kind of took that away from him. Yeah, I, I think I think The Rock owes Brennan Fraser an apology and a thank you at the same time for his career. I think a big thank you. We'll get into, <laughs> you know, what happened with that, why Fraser didn't return. Like, that, that's a whole other episode, but, you know, yeah. I love The Rock, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to totally insult him just yet. No, how but... can you? He'd kill you anyways. <laughs> Crush me. Yeah, so from that, I mean... Why we're doing the podcast, we love Brendan Fraser, we love his films, and, you know, each of us has... Our own experience, yeah. I mean, because he's done a lot of, like, family-friendly movies in the past, you know, 25 years, which is pretty cool, because you can go from, you know, watching The Mummy or Gods and Monsters, then you can go to George the Jungle or Dudley Do-Right or the Lo- Looney Tunes back in action. I mean, he does and, a lot. Yeah, and, I mean, you can even call some of his movies, like, cult classics. I mean, Encino, Encino Man is a total one. Airheads is another Airheads one. Airheads, definitely. Yeah, it's a yeah. cult classic, for sure. I don't know. If no one's have ever seen those movies, you should totally just watch them one day. For me, like, having that personal connection to him, especially with The Mummy Returns, I know there are a lot of fans out there that probably have similar stories. And, you know, they either grew up with watching his movies, they want to see him make, a full comeback because you know we've seen him do a couple different tv shows in the last like five years like i saw him scrubs. in uh you're right scrubs even texas rising um the affair and now that he has a new tv show called trust coming out i really do expect that because he's working with danny boyle which is a great director he's producing uh, the show amazing right so i mean all we can really hope is that you know we help generate the fan base get people excited and more people watch the show and people can see we still love Brendan Fraser. We want him back in everything. The Mummy 4, that, that'd be a dream, <laughs> dream come true. Mummy 4, yes. Only if Rachel Wise returns as well. That's true, unless they say she's been killed off. Ugh. I mean, because he deserves, deserves it. This is like a complete comeback for him. Even though he's never really left, it's just like he kind of went under radar from, from Hollywood. Like, I want a full-on Brendan Fraser revival. 
honestly. And he deserves it. I I really think he deserves it. He He's a great actor. I think a great person. I would want to be best friends with him. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. But yeah. what's also interesting talking to people is the same thing, like you said. He It's not like he's gone. Most people, yeah. they don't even realize it because we still watch his movies. Yeah, yeah. And so when, when you mentioned to him, like, oh, he hasn't been in a... A, you know, a truly big movie, you know, since The Mummy 3 yeah, like in 2008. Yeah, a big blockbuster movie, yeah. Not everybody even realizes that, because it's like, once you bring it up to them, it's like, oh, wow, you're right. Yeah. Because we just watch his movies. He has so many classic films that you don't even realize he's under the radar or been kind of yeah, pushed there aside. Was the article that came recently as well, you know, that GQ article which was by the way like a great article and of course for the people who haven't read it you should totally you know take like five minutes to go read it but i will say there's a trigger warning there's you know sexual assault in it to me from reading that article is just like it definitely made him human to me not saying that he wasn't but it's just like one can relate to him not many actors i guess open up that much like how he did exactly and from that article it sparked a lot of conversation you know, about his career and, you know, sexual assault. It was a rare look into the life of Brennan Fraser. I mean, because most people, we haven't heard from him in a while in that, in that kind of way. And you really get a, get a glimpse into his life. I mean, the writer, you know, he was with him and there's some incredible moments and we're definitely going to talk more about it in an article, in an episode specifically about the article and what the article means to his career, his fans, and, you know, others that have gone through similar things. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see where... Brendan Fraser, his career goes from here because I think a lot of people are talking about him and they're seeing him in a new way that most people hadn't really thought about or even known about because the way he revealed himself in that article has gotten a lot of people talking. So we're definitely really looking forward to talking to you, the listeners, about your thoughts on Brendan Fraser, you know, your favorite movies, um, the article. And, you know, from that, you can definitely interact with us by following us on Twitter at Fraser podcast or you can email us at bfraserpodcast at gmail.com and you can follow my personal account daniel steven at stuck on sorna or you can follow follow carl carla <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> um carl wow. it's okay i get that all the time carla you can follow me guys at um kickapoo uh that's with five o's right afterwards <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, yeah, definitely follow Carla. She's more entertaining than I am. I, I post a lot of Jurassic Park stuff. Carla, she's got witty stuff, funny things that'll make you oh, laugh. Thanks. Follow her for yeah, sure. But yeah, and also, you know, interact with us. We don't bite. You know, just follow us on Twitter and email us. Hopefully you like what you hear and subscribe to our podcast for future episodes as well. And um, yeah, guys, it's been a good time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, bye.